Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. Hey, everybody. We got a little bit different episode for you this time. So normally, I'm the host. And that's me, and, and we do our thing. So today we've got a special guest. We've got Blake Brewer. Blake's been on the podcast in the past. He's got the Legacy Letter Challenge, LegacyLetterChallenge.com. A fantastic project. Helps us guys write legacy letters to our kids. Just incredible mission. Check out um, Blake on the podcast before. And Blake and I were talking, and he says, hey, you want to you know, talk to Matt Holiday?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yep, Matt Holiday, huh? The uh, the one that hit 316 home runs, that won the World Series for the baseball Cardinals, also played for the Rockies, somehow stole 108 bases, like hit close to 300 in Major League Baseball, multiple time All Star. You mean that Matt Holiday? <laughs> that Matt Holiday, man, Dan. It's good to host this show with you today or this episode." Like that's so cool. So we we recorded and and had Matt on and man, it was just like the coolest, coolest experience uh hanging out with a guy like him and uh you know, having Blake literally bring him to the doorstep, so to speak, in, in today's COVID world. But like that was like really, really cool and we were able to invite a couple other people to kind of watch as we recorded. And man, they had the greatest feedback. They just loved it, Blake. Oh, yeah, they did. Well, Matt shared some, which you guys will hear some things about more than just being a baseball player, uh, some of the things that go on off the field and being a dad, uh, and it was pretty neat. He was in the locker room at Oklahoma State, uh, as he shared with us, and he had a, a lot of great things to say. Yeah, so I, I'm just fired up for everybody to get to listen to this one and uh, get to get to hear some of the personality of Matt, uh, because publicly like when he was playing and stuff he was always so serious and always so focused and just had this look on his face and like man that dude's tough and like i don't want to mess with that guy i'd be afraid to talk to him if he even walked up and then when you listen to him on the radio he used to go back and forth with the radio co-host uh guy named jimmy the cat hayes just a funny funny dude and matt and him would just cut up like crazy and you got to hear his actual personality versus what you saw during the games so a number of people that were listening as we recorded came back to me afterwards. He's like, man, that dude's cool. <laughs> oh, I yeah. thought he was one way, but it seems like he's a totally different way. And it's awesome that he loves his kids so much and has a plan and like uh, he's real intentional and stuff. So, well, uh, anyway, Blake, I want to also make for sure people know how to get in touch with you and, and kind of see your work and everything as well. Well, any dad can go to LegacyLetterChallenge.com and see my story. Obviously, they can hear the full story on the episode you and I recorded, uh, but each month I'm helping dads write their letter, and I would absolutely love to help a dad write a letter to their children that, they, that their children will cherish forever for the rest of their life. Well, that's awesome, and, and you've just been blowing up. Your local news station picked you up the other day. 
Uh, people are tweeting you out all over the place, Instagram, and I love seeing the momentum that's building and the guys that have already been through it and hearing how awesome you know, their experience was with it. And me having just write little letters to my kids, seeing the impact that does, you know, I, I write a lot of letters, but man, when you write a letter to your kid and you see them read it and just beam after they get done, it's so rewarding. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you bringing this conversation together. And guys, I guess we'll let her rip and let you listen to our conversation with Matt Holiday. Thanks, everybody. Matt, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Are you, uh, you're over there in Stillwater? Are you at the facility right now? Yeah. Yeah. This is our uh, theater room. Yeah. Thanks, man, for being with us today. And uh, are you are y'all been doing some baseball stuff over there right now, or what, what's the schedule looking like? Yeah, we uh, we're in fall baseball, like our team team section of our fall practice right now. So we've been going strong for about six weeks. We're wrapping it up. This next weekend is our last weekend of fall practice, and then uh, we go into like a weight training situation until Thanksgiving. And then once the kids leave for Thanksgiving they're not coming back to school till January 19th. So they're kind of on their own for about eight weeks. So this is kind of rare because typically they come back after Thanksgiving for another two weeks before Christmas. And then they would come back on the 12th of January, but they push school back because of all this COVID stuff till the 19th. And then we start games February like 15th. So it's, it's kind of a mess to be honest, but We'll try to keep up with them kind of via Zoom, via, you know, make sure they're on top of their stuff. But, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, well, I've got a lot of questions about you being a dad and all that stuff, but how is it uh, being a, a coach and going from being a player and now you're coaching the guys? Has that been a good transition for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, as you get later in your career, you start to know that that at some point – you know, you, you kind of see the end of the line coming as far as being a player. So even at the end of my career, I found myself trying to mentor and, and not, I guess, coach, but just be a lot more available and try to, you know, guys, when you get older, they, they look to you for some advice. And I've always loved to talk hitting. So um, I, I, I feel like that I've kind of been a coach in training for a while now. So um, it's been fun. Uh, obviously, college age kids is is a is a is a fun age, a very formidable age. You're talking about anywhere from 18 year olds that just left mom and dad's house for the first time and are trying to figure out how to do laundry, and to you know we've had some we have some COVID seniors that are back for a fifth year that are 23 years old and married. So it's a it's a wide variety of of kind of ages when you talk about that, and and uh, so it's been cool. Kind of just uh, you get a lot of work with a lot of different kind of kind of kids and in different places in their life and, and some are very formidable and some are kind of grown up and feel like they're 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 kind of men and then some of them feel like probably like kids so uh, I've enjoyed it we've done a lot of we've uh, hosted a bible study for our guys on our team at our house and and uh, so it's been it's been fun I've, I've enjoyed being around this age and the energy they bring every day and and uh, it's it's been pretty cool. So do these guys uh, that are on the team, were they watching you as like a little kid growing up play baseball or they feel, are they kind of awestruck for them to be around you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, none of them have expressed as much. Uh, most of them, 
I think were baseball fans as kids and at least knew uh, of my career. I'm not sure how many of them were huge Cardinal fans. I know we have a few Cardinal fans just because of the area country we're in. <laughs> and so you'd have to ask them about their whether they were starstruck or not. I like to think that I'm, I'm a pretty easy to get to know guy and, and, and would probably now that they're around me every single day and, and, uh, and get a chance to, to know me and, and be in my house and that some of that would wear off and that they would just kind of treat me like any of their other coaches and, and hope that I'm having an impact on their, on their lives and, and their, and their baseball careers. And, and that's really, you know, I think as a coach, that's your goal is to, is to impact people and, and to share what you've been taught and try to help them reach their dreams. So um, I hope that, that they uh, they get past that quickly uh, <laughs> if, if that's their their initial thought. But yeah. I mean, I, again, I don't look at myself as as a uh, as much much to be starstruck at. <laughs> well, man, let's talk a little bit about being a dad and being a major league baseball player. You know, we have a lot of dads on this call that are, you know, trying to be the best dad that we can. We've never been a ma- trying to balance a major league baseball career and being a dad. You know, so many people know you as the all-star, the World Series champion, and we see you on the field, but you've got a family, you know, behind the scenes and behind all that. So talk about what that was like being a dad and a major league baseball player. Well, I'll start off. Tell us how old were you when you became a dad and where were you in your career? Yeah, so we had Jackson. I was 23 when we had Jackson, um, and I was just – I just finished what would, would be my last minor league season. So Jackson, you know, 2004 was my first major league season. We had Jack- Jackson in December of 2003. And so he, we had him – we were in the, in the minor leagues for, for like a week that year and then and into the major leagues. So I've been a – you know, Jackson's almost, almost 17 in, in December. He'll be 17, and then Ethan's 13. Uh, Grayson's 10 and Reed's seven. So um, we made a, a, you know, kind of a commitment to, to our family and to each other early on, Leslie, my wife and I, that family was going to be the most important thing when we talked about uh, baseball and kind of being a part and, and what the career can look like and, and a lot of different strategies. I think that, that some guys take where they kind of set up a home base and then the wife and the kids kind of stay at the home base and visit during the season and, and, um, you know, I think that that can, that can work for some families. For us, we just moved wherever I was. So if we were going to Arizona for spring training, the whole family went to Arizona for spring training. And then when spring training was over and we were going uh, wherever we were going, Colorado or St. Louis or New York or wherever um, the family was going, we were all going. And we would just set up shop and, and rent a house or buy, you know, we owned a home in, in Colorado and St. Louis. Um, but we just stayed together and that was the most important thing. And I think Jackson's schooling, there was some gaps in there cause we did, we did some online stuff and we did some, some homeschool style stuff. And we had a school in Florida, um, that, that kind of did a, a, a like a, kind of like a zoom, like everything that's going now. And, and Jackson, I, I think there was some, some gaps in his, in his education that probably suffered a little bit. And so it's not perfect, but that was, that was our strategy. Uh, we stayed together. I took the boys, the the two older ones, with me to the to the field. With me in, in St. Louis, it's very family friendly. Uh, the organization and, and Mike, uh, the manager, and Tony uh, Larusa, the managers, were very friendly. Very very uh, bring the kids, uh, the boys. Uh, you know they they were exposed to to 
being on a major league field and shagging batting practice at a very young age to where I didn't really have to worry about them, uh, where they were, they would be just out in the outfield shagging. And, and so I just tried to include them in everything I was doing and, and being, a being, you know, the, the job is very time. It, it takes a lot of your time. And, and so, um, we just tried to stay together as a family. And then we, you know, we obviously go on road trips and, and Leslie and I's kind of rule of thumb was, is, uh, I think our lar- longest road trips would be like 10 or 11 days. And so if we had a 10 day road trip coming on, coming up, she would bring the kids, uh, to one leg of the road trip. So she we usually like three or four days in each city. So it'd be a three city trip. So she would try to find, we'd never go more than seven days without seeing each other and seeing the kids. So she was great. She, she did an amazing job of, of kind of balancing uh, everybody and making sure everybody was, was connected and, and still having that, that very close relationship and, and be, me being still very much a part of the family dynamic, which sometimes if you go a month or you know, six or seven weeks without seeing your kids or your family because of the job, you know, it can get a little weird when, when you get back together and your mom's been, been doing all the parenting. And, and so we tried to make that as, as, a, as a couple and as a family, the first priority is that we saw each other and, and spent time together. And, and so that's, that's kind of how we handled it in kind of the baseball setting. And that was, that was our most important thing. And then later in my career, it got a little more, uh, a little more difficult just because the kids were starting to do sports and, and they had some of their own activities that, that they were disappointed that they missed out on. And so we tried to kind of balance all that out. And, uh, and, and, you know, ultimately I probably could have played another year or two, but, um, you start to put your priorities more on your family and your kids and, and, and making sure that, that, uh, that they're getting the things that they need. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's part of the reason that you are in Stillwater closer to home, being a coach there. What's that like being a dad now and not being on the road, being in one spot? Is it just, is it totally different now? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot different. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, the priority now is it lies on, on more of the making sure the kids are activities and, and, uh, you know, I'm at all their games and practices. And so that's the great thing about this job of, of, uh, working for my brother and kind of doing the college game. It's, it's a, you know, they, they, they allow a lot more time for the student, student athletes. And, and, uh, and so like, like we talked about, uh, they, they're going home for Thanksgiving break and, and we have a couple months where really we, we can't even be around the players. And so, um, it's a little more time friendly for, for families than, than even pro coaching. And so that's been great. I, I'm, like I said, the priority now lies with the kids. And, and I just tell Josh sometimes, hey, I'm going to go watch Ethan's basketball game or Jackson's, you know, I went to a tournament a couple of weeks ago and, and, and I know I'm the volunteer, so <laughs> there's not much for me to lose here. So I just tell Josh, hey, I'm going with the, with the family for a couple of days in Florida and but no, it's, it's been, uh, it's been great as far as, as, uh, you know, get to be home for dinner every night and we have a little bit more of a, a normal family routine. I, I think you miss some of the excitement of traveling the country and, and playing and, and the kids getting to go in the locker room and, and be out on the field for batting practice. Like you miss some of that. And I think they even miss a, a lot of that stuff that they got to do as kids and they look fondly, uh, look back fondly on my career and a lot of the memories they, they made. And, and being part of it. So um, it's definitely, like I said, a, a little bit more of a, a normal family uh, situation, but there's also a lot of uh, excitement and fun that comes with getting a chance to, to, to be a major league player and have your family very much a part of that. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So obviously you are a good dad. You were a good dad as a player. So I'm just wondering, like, where did that come from? Like, did was, did you have this great dad that you were trying to emulate or was did you have other mentors in your life? Like, what you know, what made you want to be a, a, a great dad? Well, I, I think that, yeah, you, it starts with my dad. Obviously, I, I've, uh, you know, my dad's a great dad. We live five minutes from each other now. Um, he's a great grandpa. Like he does, he's amazing with, with my kids and my brother's kids. Um, but I, I think that your life really, for me, uh, when, when you see your, 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 your children born, um, and you see that kind of the miracle that God performs and, and allowing you to be a father, um, and this bond that you feel with your kids, um, it just, it's a lot of responsibility. I felt this, this responsibility, to to be a good dad and to 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 I guess to to do the things that the Bible talks about and trying to raise children and, and and leading them and I guess just the burden of of that responsibility of, of raising a child and and raising a person into a man or a woman I don't know I, I felt like that that was that was a I I love that challenge and I love that relationship and. I think that's the motivation, right? Like, so we, you know, having kids and then trying to raise them to be uh, godly men or women and, and allow them to, to, to kind of reach their dreams and, and kind of encourage them along the way and, and deal, help them deal with difficult stuff. Um, I just, I, I like it. I think it's, it's great. And like I said, I had a great dad and a great example and we all have a great dad and, and God and Jesus and, and that, you know, it talks about being children of, of God. I think that he obviously sets the ultimate example. So I don't know. I, I, to answer your question, I, yes, I had a great dad. But I, from the moment we had Jackson, my oldest, uh, I just really thought, wow, this is a really cool responsibility um, that God allows us to have and a love uh, that's like no other. And I think that that's, that's just a small taste of, of how much God loves us. Well, and I know Leslie, and so you have a great wife uh, who supports you and your career and uh, empowers you as a dad, it seems like, and it seems like you guys have a good good team there. No doubt. I mean, I, I think that, that she, I mean, you asked me all those questions about our family. I mean, I, I think that the, the core of, of all making all that work and kind of fit together was her selflessness and, and just, um, you know, very making, making everybody, uh, she's just a very much a servant leader and just is, was so, uh, I guess just making sure that everybody was plugged in and, and, uh, you know, I think she just creates this really great family, uh, dynamic. And, and like I said, just kind of the, the center of all this stuff and making sure the travel and the kids and dealing, you know, I get to like go to the field and, you know, I mean, she was, even when the kids are young, they're difficult. All right. So yeah. Jackson, you know, had colic and was, you know, I don't know. I don't know how we had a second child other than I guess after about three or four years, you forget uh, how hard the, the previous child was, but uh, we almost just had one child, you know, Jackson was so difficult and, you know, it was very stressful and put a lot of pressure on your marriage when, when the baby cries all the time and you're trying to help and you're gone and you got to work out and you got to do this and you got to do that. And there's, there's this selfish element that comes with being a pro athlete. And I think part of what makes pros and, and guys that are, are excellent at, 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 or, you know, excel in their, in their, in their work is, is that there's a little bit of selfishness that you have to kind of balance of making sure that you're doing everything you can 
Um, but at the same time, trying to, to be there for her and, and, and the kids. And I think she just was a great job, did a great job of, of and does a great job of, of knowing that and, and being able to, to kind of balance all that out. That's awesome. Okay. So we always have these, we all have these proud moments of, of our children. Like I can think of several things with my, my children that they've done. So man, maybe share with us, maybe just like one really proud dad moment that you've had with, for one of your children. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, with Jackson, he's, he's almost 17. He's just a really good kid. Like he's a, I don't have to tell him things twice. Like some of the other kids, I can't really say that about, um, <laughs> but he's a, he's a very good kid. And, and I'll tell you guys, you know, uh, uh, so he's 17. He has a girlfriend or almost 17. He has a girlfriend and, and, um, and as responsible parents, you know, we try not to leave them alone just to avoid temptation. They're good kids. They both love Jesus. And, you know, they were both off school one day, less than an hour going in different directions. And he's like, Hey, Chloe and I are just going to hang out at the house. And I said, I said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's like, well, why not? We're just going to whatever. And, and I said, well, I, I don't want to, to leave you in, in that situation. And, and Chloe's mother and, and, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. And, and he's like, fine, whatever, you know, kind of got mad. And I said, Jackson, I'm just trying to be a good dad. I'm trying to, you know, and he said, he said, I, I get it, you know, but Chloe and I both love Jesus and, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't do anything um, that would, anyway, his response to me uh, was very mature. And, you know, I, I thought, you know what, he's a good kid. And, and I, I still wouldn't leave him alone because I, I know what, you know, teenage kids are tempted, you know, I mean, it's 17 years old, but I was just proud of, of, of how he handled that and, and the way he, he, uh, he communicated with me with that, but he's a good kid. And then, you know, the other ones are, are also great, but just, it's, you know, when they're almost 17, you, you kind of experienced a lot of different things with them. You know, the, the, the other ones are, you know, Grayson, she has, she has more scripture memorized than I do. Like she's just, you know, she's in this school and she comes home and she's just quoting scripture. Even read at seven is, is memorizing scripture. And, and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. But you know, it's just, uh, there's always things, you know, it's always something like something new with parenting. That's, that's part of the excitement of it, right? Some days are great. You feel like you're nailing it. And then, you know, some days you're like, wow, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like really like, you know, they'll say something and, and her do something and you're like, wow, people say, how's it going with the kids? And it's like, well, they're still alive. I mean, I think I'm doing okay. Like, you know, some days you feel like you're just trying to survive it with them. And then some days, you know, they, they, they make you feel like you're actually doing a decent job. I think for me, it happens during the day. There's some moments of the day where I feel like I'm doing it. And then like an hour later, I'm like, man, what happened here? I thought I had this thing under control. Uh, yeah. Hey, so uh, my buddy Dan, who's a huge uh, Cardinals fan, he's on the call with us. He's got a question uh, for you. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us. Blake is awesome, so thanks for supporting what he does. I uh, just got off the phone with a lady whose backyard neighbor is Jimmy the Cat Hayes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> so I- ironic that that was the call before this. So. That's kind of the setup to the question. I, I love in St. Louis, if, if they've paid attention to Jimmy the Cat and you, you guys just have a ton of fun and go back and forth. Uh, obviously, your baseball performance. And when people think Matt Holiday, the first thing they often say is professional hitter, not home run slugger or any of that. 
and you have a, a masculine kind of approach to life, it seems like, but yet have tons of fun. And then at, at the same time, you know, I don't know how many times you said Jesus and Bible in the past 15 minutes. So Mike Matheny once thought he was going to get cut from playing baseball because uh, I think it was Lloyd McClendon was the manager and said, you sissy Christians, and I don't like your type and get out of here. And Mike about punched him in the face and then looked up, had a breath and said, hey, God, give me some, uh, give me some words here. And the right words came out. And Lloyd said, hey, keep having your Bible studies and stuff here. Uh, how have you been able to kind of keep that together, the, the, the fun and the, the masculine side, but yet also be a proud, you know, proud Christian? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of those misconceptions. Um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, some of the kind of the toughest competitive, most competitive dudes I ever played with were, were strong Christian believers. And, and you can do things with excellence and masculinity. And, and I think that, that I think we've done a pretty good job as, as you know, I think as a society and, and athletes and of dispelling the whole, you know, Christians are soft. I mean, I think when you, when you talk about some of the organizations and in, in pro football and, and even, you know, pro baseball and, and some of the, the, the people now are, um, well, there's a lot of Christian athletes that are being a little bit more bold and, and vocal about their um, about their faith in Jesus. And I think that you can compete your your heart out and and want to beat somebody in sports and and still after the game's over, love their spirit and love their soul and and I, and I and and wish the best for them. Um, I, I don't think they're in opposition. I don't think that they're 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 two different things. I mean, I, I think that. You know, I think God calls us to be excellent and work and, and that we were made to work and made to use our, our gifts. And I think as pro athletes, um, it's not a coincidence that you've been blessed and, and given these abilities. So I, I, my goal was to always, when I was done playing, to, to have no regrets, no regrets with, with, with work ethic, with, um, you know, just kind of doing whatever I thought. I could to get my God given ability out. And so I, I think that like you talked about, I, w I was blessed to be around guys like Mike Matheny and some, some really uh, Adam Wainwright was one of, is one of my best friends and, and we spent seven and a half years together. And, and so um, God placed a lot of people in my life that were very masculine, tough Christian men who loved people well, but competed really well as well. And, and so I, I think that there's, I don't think they have to be two different things. Like I don't, I don't see Jesus being soft. I see him being loving and I see him loving and, and I see humility, but I don't see a soft Jesus. And I think that that's, if you read through the Bible, even, you know, if you talk about the old Testament, it's almost like an old warrior movie. Like, I mean, it's, it's not a soft book. And, and so I think some of the, the depictions of Jesus being this sort of, soft with the paintings and things like that. Like, it's just not like, I don't, that's not what I see or what I read in the Bible. So, um, and, and you talk about Jim, Jim Hayes. I mean, I just loved, loved him. And, and we had a lot of fun together and, and, uh, and a lot of sense of humor. Like I, I like to tease him. And, uh, and like I said, when you play 162 games in 180 days and you're around all these people, you have to have some sense of humor about it. Like you have to enjoy uh, what you're doing. And, and a lot of times I tell people, um, when I retired, I, I didn't enjoy, I don't think I enjoyed the, the, uh, the kind of successes and, and the, the wins and the, and the good performances as, as much as I should have. I, I 
I was a little bit on that, always worried about the next game and the next at bat to enjoy what I was actually doing or, or what got it kind of successes that I had had. And, and uh, looking back, um, you miss the people, you know, you miss the, the locker room and, and the, and the experiences that you had with, with the guys you loved. And, and even just, you know, guys like Jim Hayes or, you know, people in the media or clubhouse guys or um, the behind the scenes guys that you spent a lot of time with, you miss those people, you miss those relationships and, and uh, you miss that kind of built in uh, friend group uh, that was kind of put in your life and, and then you get to meet and, and get to know all these different kinds of people. So um, that's something that I miss about, about being retired. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, uh, Matt, I know you got to get running. So last question here, you know, it's so easy as a guy j- to not have close friends and to talk about, you know, real things with guys. And I know you've already touched on having guys like Wainwright and, and other guys in your life. So talk about that, like just the value of having close friends, especially, you know, you were on the road. I know you did some things on the road with guys for accountability and things like that. So just talk about the value of having, you know, men in your life. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's probably when you talk about travel and family and being away from your family and, and, you know, I felt like probably the, the biggest, probably the, the most helpful and probably thing that, that I had was that bond with Wayno and some of the other guys that are trying to live a life that's pleasing to God. And, and we would just, we literally would get adjoining rooms and just leave the doors open and, and we would just hang out. And there was just this, um, you know, I think loneliness and, and being, being by yourself and, and being on the road in a hotel room by yourself, sometimes we get weird, right? I mean, I think we, we could all admit that, um, you know, you do weird or think weird things when you're alone. And I think that uh, we're meant to be in relationship. And I mean, that's with God. And I think that's with people. And that's with uh, other men who are, are following Jesus and that, that are sharpening iron, sharpens iron. And, and I think that that was something that, that I, I love. Like I talk about, like I miss those relationships. And I think it's important, like here in Stillwater, to find men uh, that are that are tracking on the same tracks that that we are or I am, that that you can be honest with, and that they'll be honest with you, and that you know, letting your guard down and and being able to to kind of share what your struggles are, and 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 be able to take it when they tell you something. I think that I tell my kids all the time: you need to be less easily offended. Like my daughter, like she gets the boys teaser and she gets so offended so fast. And I'm like, Tristan, <laughs> it's good to be hard to offend. Like that's a good quality to be not easily offended. Um, so I think sometimes as men, we get, we get, you know, we, we want to, even when our wives, we can have conversations with our wives and they say something that they, maybe they don't like at the time that we're doing or that we're saying or that we're acting. And, and our first thought is to get defensive and to point out something we don't like. And I think that that's something that, that I'm, I have to look at myself on and say, I'm, I'm too easily offended. And I think that that's, that's something that, that we as men, sometimes we put our guard up and we want to be tough. No, I got it all figured out. I'm doing great. And I think that sometimes you have to say, you know, no, I'm not. And, and to, to take um, some constructive criticism and to take, um, I, I think that that's important to have people that aren't afraid to do that to you. And if you don't have anybody that's, that's willing to say something to you that's slightly uh, controversial or, or might, you know, then, then you need to find somebody that will or find some friends that will. So um, 
you talk about Mike Matheny and, and Adam Wainwright, those are just a couple examples of Christian men that I got a chance to spend time with and, and mentors and watching Mike Matheny and how he handled his family and, and his kids and his wife and um, how he, he was his leadership and, and, and still not, um, you know, expressing his faith in sort of a, a tricky job um, with guys that are, you know, this masculine world where some guys do think Christians are soft. And then the way he was able to, to kind of juggle that uh, I thought was, was very impressive. Man, that's awesome. Hey, before you go, tell us real quick about this podcast table for you that you're doing with your wife and uh, kind of maybe the, you know, what you guys are trying to do there and, and why we should go listen to it. Well, I, I think that it, it started in corn in quarantine when, when we'd have a lot going on and she had pitched this idea uh, to PAO uh, pro athlete outreach and we have a conference called the increase and, and we were on the board at, at PAO and they have a football conference and they just started a hockey conference and um, it's a pretty cool organization you can go to the increase and, and see a lot of cool videos about athletes and their faith um, but we she had kind of pitched this idea of, of doing a podcast that a lot of the young people are listening to podcasts and and sort of the, the head of the women's part of PAO was like that's great Leslie why don't you do that and so she kind of got kind of thrown back at her. And so she was like, all right, well, I'm going to do this and you're going to do it with me. And so I was like, okay, I don't have a big thing going on. So, um, and we came up with the idea um, basically because, um, you know, in, in our time in pro sports, one of our favorite things to do was just to have people over and to swim or have barbecues and sit around the table. And we, we found ourselves having a lot of cool conversations over the years at a table um, so that was table 40. And then Psalm 40 is, is Leslie's favorite Bible verse when it talks about God reaching down picking us up and placing us on a firm foundation and, and just sort of the picture of the gospel in that Psalm. And so we call it table 40. Uh, it's her and I, um, it's a little more professional now than when we started, we actually have mics and headsets and it sounds better. Um, but it basically just started on a zoom call with our friends and we started out with Lance and Kara Berkman and Adam and Jenny Wainwright and, and just kind of um, conversation style of, of a podcast talking about faith and leadership and sports. And some of it's more um, kind of stories about, you know, we talk about Jack Flaherty and Nolan Arenado and just kind of their stories and what they've kind of aimed at young athletes. And then we've had, we've had Dan Spader and we've had some of these, an author and, and we've had, a little bit more of, uh, you know, we just kind of having conversations with different kinds of people from different, you know, a lot of them are ex-teammates who, uh, who have great stories. You know, Chris Carpenter's our, our most recent one. You know, we've, we've, I, I have a lot of friends and uh, I think we do have enough of my friends to keep it going for a while. I'm going to have to start making some new friends, but um, <laughs> it's basically, like I said, just, it's kind of conversations. Leslie and I are just, you know, finding out about people's story. James Laurinaitis, David Backus, a lot of St. Louis taste to it right now because we've, uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of friends from that area and, uh, and, and so catching up with them and, and hearing their stories. And so I don't know if anybody's listening. I, you know, the people that do seem to think it's pretty good. And so uh, it's, it's been fun though. Leslie and I, you know, it's, it's kind of been a cool thing for us to do together. Have people been finding out about it? Or, I mean, it, people people are listening. I'm not huge on social media. I try to be, but it's like I should have capitalized when I was actually playing. I don't have a lot of followers, so I I don't know I don't know how it's getting out. I, I post it on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know. I'm I'm letting God try to. I'm just going to trust that God will get people to listen to it if they're supposed to. But like I said, 
I should have been a little more active on, on social media when I played if I wanted to have any followers. Now nobody cares uh, <laughs> what, I, what I think or, or have to post, so I only have like four or 5,000 followers. But Matt Carpenter did one the other day, uh, and he put it on his Twitter, and he has 775,000 followers. So maybe, maybe those people saw it. Well, you might have to come back out of retirement one more time and uh, go DH for somebody and, you know, just to get out yeah, there. Yeah, just to push the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, I, I really appreciate you being with us today and you said some really good stuff and just good luck to you over there at Oklahoma State and all the things that you do. So appreciate you, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I, I really appreciate it and, and uh, no problem at all. Okay. Tell Leslie thank you. All right. All right, man. We'll see you, Matt. Here we go. Okay. All right. Fellas. Thank you, Blake. That was a great question, Dan. Appreciate you asking that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. It's, it's like you knew I was going to ask you to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Always be prepared. <laughs> man, what about the rest of you guys? Did y'all have any good takeaways or any thoughts from the interview? Daniel, you're a St. Louis guy. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty cool. I was one. I wanted to ask a question. How do you get your kids to memorize scripture? Holy yes, God, that's amazing. But, uh, I just love again how much he talked about you know God and Jesus, and and it sounds like he just talked about that all the time with his kids. So I love love that side of it. You know, him being a Christian man, and and I mean, it's, again, it's just a bunch of little takeaways. You know, be less easily offended, right? Oh, you know, we're meant to be in relationships with God and others. I mean, just that type of stuff. I mean, it's just good reminders. Man, my wife will say something and I'll get so offended. I'm like, okay, that just touched a nerve. So then I have to go back yeah. and process like, okay, what was really going on there? Because it's not, it wasn't her, it was me. Like something was going on in my heart that made me get that offended. So Jordan, the most okay. mad when it's closest to the truth as well. So, oh yeah. Yep. Jordan, how are you going doing over there? Are you, did, are you a Matt Holiday fan? Did you know, did you follow his career? Yeah, I, I did follow him some, and um, uh, yeah, definitely enjoyed watching him. Uh, I think particularly when he was with the Cardinals, of course. But um, anyway, yeah, thanks for thanks for pulling him in, and uh, you know, Daniel, I um, <clears throat> totally was picking up on the same things you were. I have so I missed yesterday, so I don't know if we've introduced ourselves or anything. But just quickly, uh, I am excited to go back and listen to it, uh, but. I'm Jordan Defani. I live in Fayetteville and I have three kids. So I have a four and a half year old son. He'll be five in December. Well, I guess he's yeah, closer to five and then uh, twin girls that are two and a half. <clears throat> and so uh, I was super excited, you know, Blake, that you were putting this on and it's an opportunity for me to learn. And so I would just say uh, I've been uh, not that I'm you know, great at it or been super intentional with it, but I've been really surprised by Brooks, our four-year-old with his ability to memorize, um, very quickly. And so, um, so, you know, I, I would, I, I love that example that Matt set and, um, it's a good reminder for me to focus on that again, but I'll even just try to keep, keep a list of things, um, on like a, my Evernote or something that I'm trying to remind him of and, and I've always been really impressed with how he's memorizing things or how he can. So that's just some encouragement there. Um, I also, the, of all the things that he said, the thing that stuck out to me as well was the don't be easily offended, uh, which, you know, we know to be scriptural, right? And uh, I just think, you know, I, I voted today, right? And 
uh, man, what a, what a world we live in uh, with the political environment and everything and how easily offended people get, you know, all over the place and how as the body of Christ, like we have responsibility to not be so easily offended and, um, and to, to be unifiers and, and, be more prior to, you know, be more focused on loving each other well. And so I love that he set that example as it relates to, you know, being a dad, being a husband. Well, I'm not going to ask you who you voted for because I don't want to get offended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> any other thoughts out there from any of you guys? We've got a lot of listeners out there. I don't see your face. Yeah, I liked how he just talked about how he got to hang out with people who love people well, but also competed pretty well. And then, knowing some of the guys he was talking about on the competing well like oh yeah those guys those guys didn't stop those guys wore the other you know party out like they didn't quit so it's and then knowing how you know wayno's got walking with wayno on twitter where he literally reads the bible verses every day and invites anybody to talk to him on twitter about it so like very open about his faith and then also extremely competitive and just what a loving guy uh, he's raising like four daughters and his wife and just fantastic family. So need to have some sports guys modeling, um, you know, the way to do it. Yeah. I honestly wasn't a huge Cardinals fan, but I can imagine being a big Cardinals fan and like you've watched Matt's career and uh, it's gotta be pretty neat uh, just to really know what goes on behind the scenes too. And just knowing how tight those guys were and, uh, you know, that he's actually a good dad and a good person more than just a baseball, good baseball player. Yeah. He'd get on the radio all the time and, you know, just be him. And, uh, it was hilarious him and the, uh, that Jimmy, the cat Hayes that we were talking about, man, they just cut into each other and it was hysterical. You'd think you're listening to comedy hour, not a sports show. <laughs> Charlie, you got anything good over there to say? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool to hear, like, uh, him bringing his family with him on all those trips because, I mean, you hear about some of these athletes that live across the country from their families, and I was always like, how could you do that? You know, that would be so hard. Um, but, yeah, just just always making sure that you are physically there for your family, you know, I, I think is a big thing. Cause I've been on trips where I've been gone for, you know, 10 days or something and it is different. You know, it's like your kids respond differently when you come back because I've only been responding to mom for the last 10 days. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to listen to you now. <laughs> it was only 10 days, but it's like an eternity to them. I thought that was cool. Oh yeah. I like but that I do, too. But I do dislike him less, you know, after the Rangers Cardinals world series, after seeing this, you know, yeah, Char Charlie's down in Dallas. He's a Rangers guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I never thought I'd see a World Series. <laughs> yeah, Game Six of the 2011. That was, I mean, watch our, my best sports moment ever. Watch Charlie's was, face right now. Hey, Charlie. Yeah. My wife's my wife's best friend. Her brother is David Freeze. Oh my God, <laughs> Nelson uh, Nelson Cruz! I don't even know why he was in the game. At that point. But I mean, I mean, know. you catch that ball, game's over. Oh, exactly. I mean, we could have put in a backup center fielder that can just cover range, and it would have been fine. But uh, yeah, here we are. I never thought I'd see the Rangers in the World Series, so you know, 
growing up, they were awful when I was a kid. Yeah, so I the, remember that. So the wallpaper or the whatever this thing's called behind me, it's from the Rangers World Series in, uh, at Bush Stadium. And there's a huge sign. It said, uh, Texas, what is it? Uh, uh, Walker, uh, Chuck, Chuck Norris was a ranger, but Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> we had Chris Carpenter pitching that day. <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome that is awesome that's cool hey have you got have any of you guys done the challenge for the day yet and uh not yet i'm fired up about it though yeah well dan i know you've done you've done some notes before for your children so oh yeah yeah absolutely so the the crazy thing about the challenge today i wrote two notes similar to what the challenge were today and i left them in random places so that my kids would find them and one oh. kid came up immediately and was like, Daddy, oh my gosh, like this is the greatest. And the other kid took a while, slow played it. And uh, weeks later, I'm looking in her room, not looking, but just in her room. And I observe underneath her bed, she'd taken a magnet and put this. And so I asked her about what was over there. And she goes, well, Daddy, these are all the special things. That's when I went to this dance with so-and-so and... I've got your picture here and, you know, various different things. And that little handwritten note was right there with all of her special things. Like it was really, really cool. So hopefully they have some longevity, but um, yeah, I know it meant a lot to both of my daughters because both of them have that note saved and it's been a year now since I wrote it and it, it wasn't anything fancy. It was very similar to the five, five attributes that uh, you admire about your kids. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate you guys and I'm looking forward to the challenge tomorrow. And then, so tomorrow, uh, Keith Kochner is going to be our speaker. And I promise you the stuff that he's going to share with us tomorrow is going to be good. Like, oh, uh, yeah, Robert, Robert Lewis was awesome. So, yeah. yeah. And then for you guys that don't know Dan Laurie, uh, absolute stud. So he's a St. Louis guy with me and, uh, Great with questions, great with challenges. He, we've got a small mastermind group here in St. Louis, and he challenges us all the time. So when, uh, when Holiday kept talking about the guys going back and forth, I'm like, that's, that's one of my guys right there. <laughs> cool. Appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, look, looking forward to the next three days of this challenge, Blake. All right. Good deal. We'll see you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.